Hey, uh, we just uh, want to just spend a few moments here talking. Uh, we're, we're in this series, and it's to us. I'm like making sure I'm not feeding back here. Um, one of the conversations that we've had over the last few months is what does it look like to do our faith, to live our faith out when we're not doing something like on a Sunday morning, like what we've had? And it, it, what burst out of that was this whole series that we're talking about of what does it look like to own our faith? And um, I want to tell you a story. Lynn, Lynn called me up this past week and said, Scott, I used this story for the youth group. So youth group, I'm sorry, I'm going to redo this. But Lynn said it was a really good story and he was right. So uh, it comes, um, it, it's told by John Ortberg. And uh, there's a story of, of a town up in the Swiss Alps a long time ago. And the town was situated right on this river, straddled the river both sides of it. And the river was crystal clean. Now, way upstream, up in the highlands, there lived this guy, and he was the keeper of the stream. And he would go around to all the springs that fed into the stream, and he would clean them up. He'd go in there. There was debris. He'd clean up the debris, leaves, whatever, branches. If there were farms that had runoff that was going into the stream, he would clean up that and divert it out of the stream. And he did that. That was his job. He did it for his life. And the kids loved the stream. The wildlife was all through the stream. It was an amazing stream. But then one day, the city council got together and said, why are we paying this guy all this money to clean up this stream? We never see him. We don't even know if he's doing his job or not. And so they actually stopped paying the guy to keep the stream, and so the guy left. And, and nothing really changed for a while. And then over time, the stream did start to change because there was debris in the stream and there was branches in the stream and runoff from the farms went into the stream and pretty soon the kids weren't playing in the stream and the wildlife wasn't hanging out in the stream. The stream was dying. The stream is our souls. The keeper of the stream is you and I. This whole series is premised on this idea that no one else is responsible for the care of the stream of our soul except for each one of us. I can't be responsible for how you keep your stream. You can't be responsible for how I keep mine. It's up to each of us. And that's what's really push this series forward because if we don't get to gather like this and there's something that happens when the saints get together there just is and yet when we can't and we're home and who knows whether we'll get you know put back in the shelter at home we don't know all these things and so these moments of, of stopping to consider what does it look like for us to care for our souls has really become important and I do want to say thanks to the small group leaders and all of you that are part of that. Community groups, I don't know where Sean is. He's not close enough to catch me. So um, community group leaders and the way you guys have reached out and cared for each other, the way this church has even given towards benevolence. Our benevolence is the highest it's ever been, which isn't good. Like, we need to give away. <laughs> um, that's part of what that's for. We're not looking to see that thing built, but that's the generosity. We're not seeing the money go out as fast as it's coming in. I mean, this church is giving. And this church is doing so many things, and I just want to say, way to go, guys. Way to go. I see the stories. I hear the stories. So I want to talk about just two ways, maybe, to this Sunday, as we are talking as a staff about this series and ask some elders, too, that this isn't an end-all, be-all list, but we've talked about several different things that are important for keeping our souls. 
And, and this week, we're going to talk about simplicity and Sabbath. And, and simplicity is this, um, this idea. Well, actually, Jesus talked a lot about simplicity, but he never really used the word. And you look through church history, and this word starts to come up a lot. Simplicity, simplicity. And what is it about? Well, Jesus talked a lot about this idea of simplifying. He went to materialism. He said, look, don't worry about the things you own. Don't worry about the things you eat, what you're going to wear. He says, just simply seek first the kingdom of God, and I'll give you the rest. He told the story about a rich guy who worried more about what he would do with his money and build more things and add more things, and he never worried about one simple thing, which was when he would die and what would happen when he died. His soul. He never thought through the health of his soul. Jesus went on to talk about how people are, are wrestling for fame and, and strategizing and trying to, to get to the head of the table, trying to meet the right people, throw the right parties. And he just said, no, no, don't, the kingdom of God is not about trying to gain, gain, gain. It, it, it's about serving simply, thinking of others. He talked about busyness. He went after it a lot. In fact, went, there's several times he called people to follow him. This is God calling them to follow him, and they say, I, I, I'm too busy. I, well, I got to go do this, and I got to go do that. Now, if Jesus came today and, and said, follow me, and you knew he was Jesus, what would you do? Well, you would follow him. But if he came in a form you weren't expecting and said, follow me, would you follow him? Just simple. All of a sudden, everything else in comparison with being with him diminished. Didn't matter. We just did a yard sale. Want to shout out uh, the Jerigas and uh, trustees and the small group that helped. Uh, we, we emptied out this house. And uh, the gal who moved out had this, she left a lot of things behind. And, and I think it's interesting because all of us are going to face that someday. We're going to have a yard sale because we're going to have to move out of the house and all the things we've acquired or acquired. And, and then it becomes really clear, well, what really is important? What matters at the end of the day? And you start to simplify. There's a quote that says this, to live the Christian life of simplicity, you need two things. You need to know God and you need to know the real self that God says you are. Know God and know who God says you are. That's the key to simplifying. So if you know God, you know then the one who's created us, the one who has the power to care for us, the one from whom all purpose and meaning derives, the one who says to us then, let go of this earth's treasures so that you can find the real treasure. The one who speaks one word, right? Who melts our heart with just a word fills us, makes our heart soars. And, and that's who he is, and then he moves on to this, know who we are, who he says we are. And then we, we realize where we're loved, we're chosen, we're saved, we're protected, we're forever his, forgiven, strangers, aliens. He provides for us, he's gifted us, he's called us, he's sent us. And it ends with this statement, knowing those two things. Philippians 4, Paul says this, I've learned to be content with whatever I have. I know what it is to have little, and I know what it is to have a lot. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every circumstance. I know what it is to be well-fed. I know what it is to, 
be hungry. I know what it is to have plenty, and I know what it is to be in need, and I can just do it all through him. Simple. So let me ask you something. Is your stream blocked? Is the stream of your soul filled with things that really don't matter? Is it time maybe to clean out the stream? Or is it running really good? Fresh water running. I got to drop that in. Fresh water, I'm sorry. The other practical step that I just want to speak into is the Sabbath. <clears throat> the, the idea of the Sabbath comes from Genesis chapter 2. We've all heard it. It says this in verse 1 and 2, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the hosts of them. And on the seventh day God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. And so God blessed the seventh day, made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done. It's where we get the word Sabbath. Shabbat is how you would say it in Hebrew. It means, in street language, clock out. Put the card in the box, the time clock thing, punch it, and clock out. No more work. Rest. It goes on to talk about this picture in Genesis 3 of it's not only clocking out, but there's this picture and this vision that God has of relationship. In verse 8 of chapter 3, it says, They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Clock out. And be together. Be with the Lord. His vision is for us to be together in fellowship with him. Not, not working, not multitasking, but resting with him. And you read on in Exodus and God starts to give this vision of, hey, I want you guys to know I want to be with you. and my, my presence is going to be with you. And there was this whole conversation of the tabernacle, build a tabernacle, make it holy, and then I'm going to be with you. And eventually I turned in the temple. But the whole premise was God was with and among his people. And then he reaffirms this idea of Shabbat, but then he makes it a command in Exodus chapter 20. And it says, remember the Sabbath day, keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. For in six days the Lord made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. It's a command now. In Leviticus, he expands it. He says you've had 23, verse 3. It says you have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of, the, of complete rest, an official day for a holy assembly. For it's the Lord's Sabbath day and must be observed wherever you live. He expanded it to include not just a day of rest, but a, a day that is for worshiping, a day for a holy assembly gathering together. And you read in the New Testament, Jesus was always doing what? Honoring the Sabbath, taking the Sabbath, resting on the Sabbath, and at the synagogue or at the temple, gathering together with the saints, those who follow Christ or follow the Lord. And Jesus made it clear. He says, we're not made for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath was made for us. So it's not about a legalistic thing. It's about relationship and rest. Relationship and rest. In Exodus and Leviticus, especially in Exodus, it says this, Sabbath to the Lord. It's a direction. It's not a gimme. 
like, hey, that's just my free day. There's something about this that is oriented towards the Lord. To slow down, to rest, to be quiet. You can hear the leaves. You can hear a great V8 engine. You hear the birds. It's outside more often. Rest. To the Lord. Is your soul tired? Is your soul exhausted? No one else is going to make you rest. No one else. People can tell you to rest, but you don't have to do it. No one in this world is going to make sure your soul is resting. Your soul isn't their responsibility. Your boss, not their responsibility. Friend, family member, Maybe if you're a young kid, mom and dad, yeah. Once you start getting to be a teenager, you're making choices. How convinced are we that not resting towards the Lord is evil? You ever thought about that? How convinced are you that not taking the Sabbath is just as evil as murder? I, I, I don't, it's, it's right there in all the commandments. Lying, adultery, coveting, right? It, it makes it before those. I, mean, I don't know what to do with that, right? Like, what do you do? How do you put your mind around that? Is that the right statement to say? Is it just as equal? Is it not as equal? Have you wrestled through that? It's right there in the middle of all these commands. Now, I realize I'm preaching to the choir. You guys are hearing like, ah, it's so good to be back. But we've learned, even in these last several months, that it's more than just the gathering. There's something more that is on each of us. Because what happens if we can't gather, then whose decisions this will be, or will it be? Are you willing to walk away from more money? Are you willing to walk away from your dreams? Willing to clock out of, of all kinds of things that promise to get us ahead farther down the road? How's your stream doing? Are you keeping it? Or, or is it maybe like the keeper of the stream taken for granted? It just kind of takes care of itself. Our soul won't take care of itself. We have to care for it. You know, uh, Truett Cathy started Chick-fil-A. He started it with this commitment that if I honor the Sabbath... God will honor me. And the Sabbath, if we keep it, God says very clearly, I will bless you. There is a blessing that comes 
in keeping his word and his commands. There's a blessing. And people say he walks away from about 14% profit every year because he doesn't work on Sundays. He's heard that his whole life. He's passed away. His son Dan now runs it. And uh, they're fam they famously say to people when, when, they, when they hear that, like you're flushing away 14% profit, uh, they just keep saying, God more than makes up the 14% in the blessing. You look at what happened with Hobby Lobby, same thing. It's not just businesses, it's each of us. There is a blessing that comes when we care for our soul and do nothing more than rest towards him. I don't know what these days ahead look like for each of us. I do know it's more clear to me, and I know that those of you I've talked with, that caring for our soul has become so much more in front of us. There's so much more awareness of this. I'd encourage you to own it. Own it. Let's pray. Lord, would you fill each person here, each child, each person on the lawn, the, the people in the cars, those watching online, Right now, would you fill each person with your rest? Would you show people your path towards simplicity and what may need to be cleaned out of the stream and removed? Your name is rest, Sabbath. That's one of your names, Sabbath, to rest. Would you pull each person into you? And that kind of rest, Jesus. Amen.